climate and sustainability. All right, it's uh, 21 minutes after four on Radio 2000, the drive time experience on a Wednesday. And we always welcome Kevin James from GCX Africa. Hi there, Kevin. Hi, Ernest. How's Derbs? No, Derbs is fantastic. It's, uh, it's always glorious being uh, out here. And uh, the weather and the scenery is just to die for. <laughs> so to speak. Well, I did say it's, it's 21 minutes after four, and we're going to talk about COP21, finally kicked off in Paris. Uh, please share with us your insights, uh, Kevin, and your views on this year's event. Uh, I believe we'll finally get a meaningful global climate change agreement. Well, let's see, Ernest. We are two days in. I've said it before, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly more positive this year than I have been in any of the preceding uh, COP conferences. Firstly, I think world leaders are under a tremendous amount of pressure to reach a meaningful and binding agreement. But the question is, really, would it be enough? And it was agreed in, back in Durban in 2011 when we actually started this little insert to your show uh, on the back of COP17 in Durban that really a comprehensive agreement has to be reached by the end of 2015, which is now, and this will be implemented in 2020. And uh, the objective is to effectively ensure that the globe reduces its emissions sufficiently to ensure that our global average temperature rise is kept below 2 degrees Celsius, which is really the absolute upper limit above which we will all experience catastrophic runaway climate change. So well, the word or concern rather on the street is that the current pledges by the big emitters uh, fall short of what is required to avoid this climate crisis and much more needs to be done. The encouraging part of this COP is really the diverse and sheer nature and sheer number of participants. There's heads of states of 150 countries are actually participating. So we're saying President Obama is there, Xi Jinping is there, Vladimir Putin, even our very own Jacob Zuma, and they're, they're all there sitting around the table trying to really work this out. And, um, you know, in the old days or last year and before, they sent lower-level representatives, so they're taking it very seriously. All 196 countries are represented. There are about 40,000 delegates, which include NGOs, cities, business leaders, and all are participating from the bottom up and pledging aggressive reduction targets and financial support for this monumental effort. So everyone seems to be on the same page for the first time. And, you know, the world faces a common enemy, Ernest. And despite diverse national interests and realities, all countries need to collaborate to address this problem. One thing that I think has definitely been a marked difference is the attitudes and urgencies of the top three emitters, being China, United States, and India, which, believe it or not, the three of them cover 40% of global CO2 emissions. They have all developed reasonable national targets, have entered into bilateral agreements to reduce their emissions, particularly around the reduction of coal-fired power as a source of energy, and they're increasing exponentially the amount of renewable energy in those countries. So there's a lot hanging on the shoulders of these three countries, and hopefully they'll show some real bold leadership and ensure that the tone and environment for a robust and meaningful global climate agreement is reached within the two-week time frame allocated. I'm, I'm still cautiously optimistic and, and, and very hopeful, Ernest. No, certainly we've got to be uh, optimistic, uh, Kevin. And uh, as you talk about climate change, it is a reality. A few minutes ago, you heard uh, Minister of Water and Sanitation, Nomvula Mokonyani, still urging people to be cognizant of the fact that we are still facing a serious drought in the